And I am your host with the most. Once again, Lita Johnson. What's going on, y'all? Um, I'm gonna break this one off. This is a special podcast because NBA draft is in three months. We talking live. That's my time. NBA draft time. I love recruiting in NBA drafts, like in drafts period. It's just it. But NBA basketball is my thing. That's my number one. Love Jones. And let's get to two four seven sports. A debate. I love the bait of the minds. It was good to see this. I was waiting for it. I don't know if we was going to get to it because everybody's so busy. It's so much for family. And people got to, you know, situate themselves to to really, like, even to associate along with do their job. So it was good to see Jerry Meyer, Brian Snow, Josh Gershon, uh, Travis Banham, and my boy Kevin Flaherty. You know what I mean? All of them is, you know what I mean? Especially uh, Kevin and Jerry, man. And um, wrestling meeting Travis, Brian Snow was the man. And, you know, um, Josh, of course, always at the top of there. So they got down to it and picked their brains. So it's an article wrote by Kevin Flaherty, you know, and, and exposed the round table that they had. And um, we're going to go with Jerry first. Jerry Meyer, the son of the great Don Meyer. All right? And he had, he had something to say. He said, Kay Hunt Cunningham is one of the best prospects I've scouted in 17 years. And I would think he would be drafted ahead of anyone in this year's draft. Cunningham is the full package in terms of big modern-day point guards. Jalen Green is a possibility as well, but I don't think he would go ahead of Anthony Edwards. It is a close call, however. Jerry, Jerry. Um, Kay Cunningham, you know what? I always knew he was good, but... I think this past season when he was playing with Mount Verde, it, that's what got me. It wasn't even the seasons before. I mean, he was good. I mean, of course he was elite. He came up. He rose up, you know. But, um, you know, Jalen Green, everybody know that's the number one guy for me, like, in in this in, in any in high school right now. And I think Imani is starting to, you know, because of how developed he is, can edge him. But Jalen Green's a man. But Clay Cunningham is so... And, and, and the article is this, and I'm sorry for that. The article is, which 2020 recruits will go number one in the 2020 draft? Because, you know, 2020 recruits are going to be any, if you want to know the ratio of draft recruits, the draft class before is always the NBA draft class the next year. So the 2020 recruits will be 2021. The um, 2019 recruits, Basically, it was on 2020 draft. And then you got some things that people go pro and don't go to high school. You know, they get to go to that draft, you know, usually going overseas, you know. Or G League. So, or no, G League's different. But, you know, overseas, you know, RJ Hampton, you got to reclassify first. If you're in that draft class, you're in the next year NBA class. So, okay, we go to what Jerry said. And I just feel like K. Cunningham is, is, is a number one overall pick, and especially in 2021. He can be a number one overall pick. But in 2020, he's definitely a number one pick. I mean, if you just take, okay, just take the list away and put him there. He said, my guy in 2021 draft is Jalen Green. No no question, man. But K. Cunningham is, you know, he's right there. He's number two to me. He's I, I used to have Mobley um, 
I used to, when RJ was around, RJ was there. Anthony Edwards really is there. We're going to get to Anthony Edwards. But Kay Cunningham, yeah. I think, and the crazy part is, with Anthony Edwards, though, just let me talk about this draft just for a little minute. And I'm going to tell you how close everything comes down because I want to get to the experts. You know, my guys, we all we all do this, right? But they had a good roundtable thing, and I want to really pick brains on guys like Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, R.J. Hampton, who was down too low, Cole Anthony, who was down too low. Okay, I, I just, on my drafts, like, I just think R.J. got the raw deal. But, and Cole Anthony, I just don't, I don't understand. If you look at LaMelo's shooting percentage, and his um, three-point percentage, how I, I know he can, I know he has great vision. He, he's going to be a star NBA player is what I'm predicting. But right now, looking at prospects, and you see how all of them play and how you judge Ar- LaMelo, RJ in games against LaMelo was outplaying Ar- uh, um, LaMelo. Um, he was patient. He didn't get the ball as much as Melo. I mean, it's just, it's just different. So what I'm trying to say is it's a lot of guys – like Isaiah Stewart, I think he's a top 20 guy. I mean, he really showed everything that uh, all the analysts at 247 was talking about. And to look at him on mock drafts to like to, to, to almost the second round to 25, between 25 and 30, but you get Onyeka Nkongwu, who the defense really plays over that. You know, he can jump high. He's a very athletic guy. But at the same time, if you put Isaiah Stewart – in their position, especially to play power forward, which I think he's better at in this league, in an NBA league, I feel that tells you a lot about. I think he. I mean, I think he becomes an all star. I think he's the same. He's a top ten to me. He's a top ten, top fifteen guy. I just don't see where like Zeke Naji and they got guys like Patrick Williams and Devon Hat. Like like, I just I'm just a little confused on that point. Nesmith, they got guys like him over Isaiah Stewart. Like, clearly, it's like they forgot who this guy was. But, yeah, I, I roll with Kay Cunningham being over there. And, and he said Jalen Green's a possibility. I, I just you look at Anthony Edwards and Ant-Man is a beast, man. Like, that's kind of hard to – because in that 2020 class, and him and RJ and, and, and the guys like Juzang, you know, there was some good guys that went over to the uh, 2019 class, and Edwards was just one of those guys. He He's blessed and he's good. I, I wouldn't really knock nobody that puts him in that position. It's just that I feel like if you look at both of them play, you know, it's, it's like you got to respect opinions, and then you got to look at what the opinion has to be based on something. It has to be based. And Edwards is, a, is, is definitely proof that he's the number one guy, but Green is something different, you know. But, um... Cunningham, I rock with him on that. Cunningham, no, no question could be there. And um, I feel like Cunningham is a guy that, man, Cunningham is just reaching the level of his potential as far as a passer. I like how he passes and how he's good in transition. He's not as fast as Ben Simmons, but he definitely is a guy that's real good in transition. Now, Brian Snow, 247 Sports Brian Snow, he says this. This is a weird thing we always seem to do. We value the unknown in basketball at a level that quite honestly doesn't make sense. Because of that, we always tend to think the next class has guys that are better than the ones we have seen. With that said, I tend to think Jalen Green and Kay Cunningham will both go ahead of anybody in the 2020 crop. From there, I do think it's very debatable 
I think you could easily make an argument for Jonathan Kaminga or Evan Mobley over the 2020 draft class as well. But I think those are far from guaranteed situations. Because of that, I would say two for sure will go ahead of anybody in the 2020. And maybe a third as well. Just not sure which player. Respect that. I mean, and then what he says about the weird thing and we seem to do. Uh, what I get from that, because I kind of feel, I, I kind of feel him, but, you know, it is what it is. It's just, just like um, anything. I mean, we make future, you, you get a business and you say this business is going to do this in the future. This business has the potential to do this. This car, this horse, this. It's always future guesses, but what he's talking about, what I get from that is that we always tend to, this this debate is about 2020 and 2021, so we're saying that the 2021 class is better without even, you know, seeing them step on the floor, I guess, or, or you know, we're basically saying 2021 is better than 2020, and 2020 hasn't played in the NBA yet. And, you know, um, you can also say that Brian is saying that He's saying that um, if you look at um, future players and how they judge them, you know, it just, it just don't make sense. It just, to him, it don't make sense. And I feel him because he's just saying that, dang, y'all already picking at the 2020 crop and they ain't even stepped on the NBA floor yet, you know, so we'll see what it is. Um but yeah, Jay, Jay, Jalen Green, and Kay Cunningham, that, that is the right, precise thing. If you're going to, now, if you're going to take anybody, I mean, they both will be number one. So if he decides to cut his list, you know, that's just what he, I feel there's more people. But then he says, Kamunga and Mobley. I think only Anthony Edwards can challenge Kamunga and Mobley. And he could very well be over both of them. And then you're looking at RJ and Cole. Like, y'all can say what y'all want. RJ and Cole are the two guys I've always rolled with. They can be in the same category. I don't understand what's so. The thing is, Kaminga and Mobley ain't played overseas. You're judging them off of how good they are in high school. So, really, to, to judge RJ, that's different. RJ, if RJ would have played in college, they he would have had 20, almost 25 points a game. He would have been killing. If it ain't 25 between 17 and 25, that would have been RJ's game. You look at what Cole did and, you know, guys like Anthony Edwards because they got the rock. RJ would have got the rock. He would have been able to do something, especially if he would have went to Kansas. He wanted to go to Duke, but Kansas would have been it, man. And you're talking about him with Devin Dotson. I mean, Jesus, you know what RJ would have did. That team would have been national championship contenders. But he went overseas, so I just, you know, like I say, I always roll on those two guys, RJ and Cole. You know, James Wiseman is up there, and uh, LaMelo Ball is up there. You got those guys up there. Um, I honestly think not Obi Toppin. I just want to see him more. But he's a, he's a sleeper guy that we don't even talk about, maybe because he's not in these recruiting classes. But what, what are we doing? We're talking about uh, draft classes of the recruiters or whatever, but. No question, Brian. No question. Even though I think it's more people, but those two are like at the top. If you're talking about if we're doing a draft combining drafts, it's Jay, Cade, and Anthony Edwards. 
I just think that's that's it on that turn. But at the same time, it could be Jay, Cade, and Cole, Cole Anthony. I, I'm not even going away from that. You're not going to sit here and tell me that Cole's out the conversation. So that's where I'm going. Jay, Cade, and Cole Anthony. Those are the top three if you if you combine drafts. All right. Uh, excuse me, Jalen. I say Jalen, Cade, and Cole Anthony. All right. Now, next is Kevin Flaherty. That's my guy, man. He he started the article. You know, on 247 Sports, you go and you uh, see the article. But he said, for me, the magic number is three. K. Cunningham fits the NBA meta. So to speak, where teams are looking for stars who can, who can create matchups and find scoring opportunities for themselves and other players. He'd be number one this year's draft. I think Jalen Green, with his, with his talent, will probably be number two, and I believe I'd probably take Jonathan Kamunga over anyone in the 2020 draft class as well. Though with Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball, that's a lot more of a debate. Both Edwards and Ball have star potential in the NBA, but have worrying traits that also make you far from guarantee. Hey, listen to him. Guarantee either player will get there. I would probably take Evan Mobley over any big man from the 2020 draft class as well, but I'm not a big fan of taking a big man number one overall in today's NBA unless they're Anthony Davis. So I take him after Edwards and Ball as well. That's that now that see that's interesting. There's a lot of points that's interesting in it. That's interesting. Why he wouldn't take a big man unless they have the Joel Embiid shot or the Carl Anthony Tan. He's just talking about they gotta be a stretch five. Because you're not taking the big man like Isaiah Stewart or Yeke Kangu you know, Mobley. And Mobley shot from the three. That's why I, I really don't agree with that one. But I feel him on you need the type of big man. Like, And it's crazy because some people think he's Anthony Davis, Evan Mobley. So that, that that's, a, that's a, to see what Kevin Flaherty thinks of Mobley right there. He doesn't think he's that type of guy. I mean, Mobley, he's, he's, he's athletic. He moves around the basket with ease. He shot that three before. He hasn't, like, you know, got it. But he can shoot that three, and he can get – like, he has the ability to shoot that tray ball, and I think he will get better at it as, as his, as his uh, career goes, you know, like Davis did. So that's interesting. And then you're talking about Kamunga, Green, and Cunningham as the three. Kamunga is good. He's like your, your Kevin Durant type of player. Because he can score. Like, he can really light you up, man, with size. But uh, the thing is, I, I, I tell, tell you again, I see the Edwards and Ball thing, and I say Cole and RJ is not even in the conversation. It's But, hey, hey, what can you say? All right? But that's an interesting thing that, you know, looking at Mobley. Mobley is good, but can he be the Anthony Davis type of player? Is he that good? You know, I mean, he, he he remind if you look at him, he kind of reminds you in the mode of he moves like MB a little bit. You know, and the MB's footwork is crazy, but so Mobley got some good footwork. Some for a six eleven guy, he got some guard footwork, good handles for a guy his size. And you're talking about the Davis part because he can block his defensive capability, his rebound, and the fact that he can also shoot that three. Like he will shoot it. And he's going to get better. Any guy that's shooting at three is, is going to get better. I think he just has the potential to be real good. But um, that's crazy. That that's a that's a different perspective. Um, he said both Edwards and Ball have star potential, but have worrying traits. Yeah, 
I think Edwards, I think Ball more than anything. Just look at what he shot. I'm just trying to tell people, look at what he shot on the season from three and from the field. And y'all cannot tell me that. It's it's just guys you have over Ball. I mean, over uh, like Ball over these guys. Like, he's just, it's just him, it's Edwards and Ball. And it's crazy because I think it's, if you're looking at the top two guys, if you're going to choose anybody over RJ and Cole, it's Wiseman. I think Wiseman is that guy. Obi Toppin is just such a, you know, you just want to see what happens with him. Uh, he's such a, you look at his star potential and it just looks looks good, but how good, you know. Um, Josh Gershon, the man Josh, man. He said, if you were to merge prospects from both draft classes into one pool of players, at this point in the process, I will go with Kay Cunningham 1, Jalen Green 2, and Anthony Edwards 3. Given the versatility and the talent of all three prospects, I think they each have combinations of high floors and high ceilings that I'm comfortable with right now. Showing between Evan Mobley, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, Jonathan Kamunga, etc. is much more difficult at this juncture. So if it were me drafting today, my answer would be two from 2021 and Cunningham and Green. Josh Gershon, listen, looking at this and um, you hear Cunningham and Green come up a lot. They really do. Like they are the, the, the next level stars. You know, um, being counted on, you know. And if you look at Edwards, Edwards is just that good. He is. He's really that good. I'm I'm not even knocking. At the top of the 2020 draft, at least the first five, you're getting some impact. You are getting my, my top five prospects in 2020 are Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards, all right, James Wiseman. Okay, and we, we talking about impact. We talking about guys of impact. So my guys of impact. That's three there, right? Then you got Lamelo Ball, and this will get a little tricky. You know what I mean? You got I mean not Lamelo, but you got excuse me. You got R.J. and Lamelo right there at four and five. But the thing is, R.J. can be number three. I'm just I want I want to. You know, kind of go back and forth on that. Like, I say Cole Anthony all the time. And you got Anthony Edwards. And you got R.J. Hampton. And you got James Wiseman. And you got LaMelo Ball. And what these are why I go back and forth between R.J. and Anthony because it just gets so. It, it, like, R.J. is number three, no question. There's no way that LaMelo Ball is over R.J. I, I just don't, I don't see that. His passing is better than R.J., but other than that, it's like. What do you want to say? His rebounding, the fact that he can – well, he uh, when he plays a guard like RJ, that won't matter if he plays a guard like RJ. If you're talking about impacting the game, RJ impacts the game just like Melo. Even better than Melo because of the fact of how he can run up and down the floor and score and play defense on the other side, which is underrated. Like he plays at a high energy that exceeds what Melo does. Okay, but anyway. It's just, it's just a lot. It's just crazy. I'm really breaking down those facts because it's just like it's kind of crazy how you know Melo is overly. Oh, listen. If he was, if I saw mock drafts or prospect rankings where he was like two spots over him, yeah, no one spot. I'm sorry. I'm just real. Listen, RJ, one spot over him. I'll be like, okay, it's cool. Even if, even if it was two spots, and I saw a couple that was two spots, but now you're getting to say that Melo is seven, eight, nine spots over. 
RJ. It's just crazy. But going back to uh, Josh, um, one, it, it's just basically simple like that. Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Anthony Edwards are his Grand Hill, Jason Kidd, and Glenn Robinson of these two drafts. And what he does, what he's saying is absolutely true. Um, I don't think he, he, he really, the, the same thing with Mobley and Wiseman. You know, you, you think about those guys. I mean, how many of those guys, they're, they're good and will be good, but we're talking about the top three. LaMelo Ball. It's crazy putting LaMelo Ball in there with Kamunga. It is crazy because it wasn't the same hype for LaMelo when he went overseas the first time when he was messing with his dad's league and he was dominating. There was a lesser league, of course, lesser talented league. But you look at the numbers. I mean, look at the numbers he had over with New Zealand. I mean, if you want to compare him and, and, and look at what he did, I mean, of course there were more players. So he was on a team that had a bad record. So he wasn't, you know, winning like that. I mean, you know, him and his brother was doing it, but he was doing the same thing he was doing in New Zealand. He was doing over there in Russia. It was just, it's just, it's just a little different, you know. I mean, my my take on Ball is like his hype wasn't as big. People didn't even think he was going to be placed in the draft class a couple of years ago. So he just kept playing, and he finally got in high school. And then there was, you know, people saw the talent because he came back to the states, and then he went. He still didn't have a place. In the lottery, they didn't even put him. When he was playing with Spire, when he was playing with them, they didn't put him at no top five. I didn't put him at the top five. Nobody put him at the top five and nothing. But as soon as he goes over to the Hawks, where he had the worst percentage of shooting and all that, you know, but he was the most exciting player over there. But, yeah, he was. He, he was he passing, no question. Exciting, yeah. No question that that he was an exciting player, and people like to see the passing and stuff. He, I think the passing is what got everybody, cause he wasn't hit most of his shots. You can see his percentage, his passing really opened eyes, and the fact that he can get a triple double will really open eyes. Um, okay, my boy Travis Branham, excuse me, Travis Branham. He says, I think it would be a safe bet that both K Cunningham and Jalen Green will both land at the top of the 2020 crop. The 2020 draft class has little star power, and there are some big questions at the top that really haven't been answered, and will take some time to do so. No question. We'll take some time. With that in mind, I think both Cade and Jalen have constantly proven themselves to be a blend of elite talents. We're still very high upside, whereas this class does have high upside in guys like Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and even LaMelo Ball, but their floors are not as safe, nor do they possess the same upside. Not only that, but Cunningham and Green are both on a steadily rising developmental curve and would expect that trend to continue. You could also make a case for even Mobley. The size, length, athleticism, skill set, and two-way impact have has been constant over the course of his high school career. And while some want, some may want more of a killer instinct out of him, he consistently impacts the game on both ends and is another prospect with a nice blend of safe floor and high ceiling. And that's interesting too because what he said is all right, and you know you're looking at um, Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball. And he, I think Edwards' floor is different. I think you take him away from. I, I don't know. I think Edwards and Wiseman, their floors are different from Balls. I think that, I think you put Ball down, but you don't put Edwards and Wiseman down. I think Edwards and Wiseman have just as high as floors. K Cunningham and Jalen Green, and so does Mobley. But um, another thing um. 
what he says, you can make a case for Mobley. You could. Uh, people say he want more. That's what that's what I always say. Mobley should have more of a killer instinct. I think Isaiah Todd has a bigger killer instinct. And now we go to me and what I think of this whole this whole thing and what I think. And this is interesting because I I, I, I read it and I was like, okay. But you're going to see why I choose certain people and certain players. And and when we come back, we will definitely talk about that here on Follow the Leader. Some What's up, what's up? We are back. Follow the Leader Sports Podcast and your boy, Leader Johnson, and to talk more about the article done by Kevin Flaherty at 247 about which 2020 recruits will be 2020 recruits that are in the 2021 NBA draft class will be number one overall. Now, me, you know, I got, I got, this is the draft, and I, I couldn't wait. It was like food for thought. Food for thought. Now, who I think will be number one, and this is another thing, is, is you're going to see my explanation for another guy that's probably the last one I say, but Jalen Green, Kay Cunningham, Isaiah Ty, Greg Brown, Terrence Clark, Evan Mobley, Josh Christopher, Jonathan Kamunga, Brandon Boston Jr. People, they're saying, they're giving me, and then I say every prospect above Brian Snow's uh, comment to Brian Snow's, uh, he, he put out the article. He says, I say every prospect except for Boston, Brown, and Ty, and Mobley will without question be over any number one prospect in the 2020 draft. My thing is that Jalen Green is just a whole other level of, of of confidence and energy. And and then when he went over and changed schools of prolific, man, what he did. And then you look at his whole body of work through his high school career and what he has been able to exceed and do. Now, I think he's the best high school player out. And I know Imani Bates could develop to be better than Green, but right now he's not, like, he hasn't even played the competition. Like, he hasn't even played as much. Like, you're going to rate a guy right now to where Green is. Like, you're looking at him shooting all these threes, and you say he's better than Green because he's shooting all, he has a better shot than Green had, but he hasn't got the muscle, the the strength, the energy, the, the ball handling skills that Green has right now, even the passing skills that Green has. He doesn't have that. But looking at his skills, you're just like, what? At his six, he's better than Green was at his age. I could say that. Now, I can say that. Just because of the shot, like, this man can score from anywhere in bunches. But then, I mean, he's, he's only better than him by age. Like, I know he, he's, he's definitely a man child, but he's only better than him by, like, I say, about if I had to do a scale of one to ten, you know. 
Green would be eight and a half or eight point eight. You know what I'm saying? We'll roll with that. Or if I had to, let me let me do it like this. I gotta do it better than that. Green would be nine point five, and Amani Bates, you know what I mean, would be. I'm talking about as far as who's better at this age, at Amani Bates' age, nine point five to ten. Even if you could say nine to ten, let's do it like that because you know Amani does have a a, a more evolved game at, at age when you know Green was that he has more ball handling to work on. He had. You know, he had his shot, especially his shot. I think that's what separates them big time because Amani Bates' shot is crazy. He's like Kevin Durant, you know, <laughs> with the shot. You know, he's but faster and quicker. You know, he, he he's going to be something special. But, all right, Jalen Green, Kay Cunningham, Isaiah Tide, Greg Brown, Terrence Clark, Evan Mobley, Josh Christopher, Jonathan Kamamaga, Brandon Boston Jr. Yes. How don't you get on here and tell me that Brandon Boston can't be number one overall? And y'all putting Lamelo Ball as a possible number one overall pick. Brandon Boston is probably the most slept-on, underrated, elite talent in the country. Every time, like nobody mentions him like they should. If you go to NBA draft room. And you check the 2020 NBA, 2021 NBA draft. Brandon Boston is number three on our board. On Mike, my boy Mike draft room. You know, I work for uh, NBA draft room. So, his mock draft. He has Brandon Boston number three, which is rightfully so. And he has him over Kamunga. I think that's that's a rightful choice. It's a rightful choice. For the simple fact that Boston has been doing this. I mean, has anybody looked at his resume? Look what he did in the all-star cast, uh, all-star cast team when he played with LeBron James and Amari Bailey, Terrence Frank. Like, Terrence Frank, I mean, goodness. He played with his all-star team at Sierra Canyon and still became the number one guy there. Like he was without question the best player on that team. Without question, over you got Zaire, we got all these guys. Even when Zaire Williams was there, when Zaire Williams plays, listen, Zaire Williams played there. He played for that team. Brandon Boston was still the best player on that team. So he, I think, all the scouts you're looking at who could be number one, this and that. What is your caliber number? I think he would impact the team. I think he would he would definitely be a guy that could be number one. And I think by the time the combine comes up, he's going to be in that conversation where teams say, man, I think we can get Brandon Boston at that pick. Now, me breaking down why I think certain guys, uh, K. Cunningham, Jalen Green, self-explain. K. Cunningham, definitely an all-around talent, big guard. Can lead a team. Isaiah Tide, man. If you're talking about uh, the Wisemans, or if you're talking about the 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 Evan Mobleys, you have to talk about Tide. I mean, what what are you not what are you not seeing in Isaiah Tide? They don't say he could be a number one overall pick. Now he's there in the G League with Jalen Green. People are going to start seeing. He's going to get that conversation talk before it's all said and done. Isaiah Tide will get the conversation of being a number one overall pick. Greg Brown. Why Greg? And we're talking about the 2020 NBA draft. We're talking about now. He won't be number one in, in this in the twenty twenty one, but in twenty twenty, yes, he could, without question, 
without question. What are you looking at that you saying that you see in Anthony Edwards? That you see in Lamelo Ball? That you don't see in Greg Brown? That you see the star power in Jalen Green? The type of dominance K Cunningham has. Kevin Greg Brown has showed all that Isaiah Todd, the stuff that Isaiah Todd and Terrence Clark. Who's the next guy? Terrence Clark. Yes, he could be number one in the twenty twenty draft. Without question, you're not telling me right now that he can't challenge Anthony Edwards. You're not even going to sit here remotely and tell me that Terrence Clark cannot challenge Anthony Edwards. You know what? Terrence Clark can definitely challenge Anthony Edwards. Evan Mobley, yes. No, yeah, man. He's a, he's a freakish athlete. You know, he's been doing it for a minute, you know, putting his, solidifying his status down. And then you're talking about Josh Christopher. Yes, Josh Christopher could be number one in 2020. Yes, he could. Yeah, we're talking about in the 2020 draft. Which players could be number one? Yes, Josh Christopher could be better than everybody. Everybody. Jonathan Kamunga, yeah, he could be number one. Man, that boy's good. Brandon Boston Jr., yes. Kamunga can score, probably be the best scorer, and Edwards will be close. The best scorer, and R.J. Hampton, the best scorers in that draft. The best scores in that draft be Kaminga, Hampton, and Edwards. If you put Kaminga in that draft. But Kaminga with his size and his build, the way he impacts, he would be the number one guy. And Brandon Boston Jr., oh yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He has it. He proved to me playing at Sierra Kane. I mean, he he he's just a that guy is so slept on. So slept on. And I say every prospect except for Boston, Brown, Tide, and Mobley were without a doubt or no question. I mean, there's, there's debates, but to me, there's no debate. It, it, there's debates with Boston. Okay, you might think, uh, oh, well, you know, no, he couldn't be over Edwards or he couldn't be over Ball or he couldn't be over Wiseman. There's a case, and, and I need to quit saying it because I, I don't mention Cole and RJ. RJ's not going to be a number one guy, but but the reason why I keep saying the number one guys because these are the guys that people are saying are the number one guys, and sometimes some people are solidified. That means you're hearing from other uh, other other uh, teams, and they're saying who, where they're not going to take players, also. But they're not always right, so we gotta we gotta rock on that. I, I guarantee RJ could be a steal, man. If RJ slips down, he's he could be a steal. Cole Anthony be a steal. You mean to tell me you don't go for those guys? And, and and the more that I see that Cole and RJ are down where they at, then I, I definitely know Boston can be a number one pick if you're talking about just Edwards and Wiseman and Ball. Like, those are your three guys who people are saying number one overall pick. So you're trying to say Boston can't be over a, a LaMelo Ball? How? Why? You're trying to say Wiseman? He couldn't be over a James Wiseman? I know that's that's a that's a battle, though. That's a battle. That's that's a battle, but Boston proved this year he's just as good as any of those guys. No question. And if you put him in the 2020 draft, yes, he could be the number one guy. If you say Anthony Edwards is a certified number one player. When you're saying Anthony Edwards is a certified number one player, then Brandon Boston can definitely be. That would be his only competition. That's what I'm trying to tell everybody, basically, in this moral with Brandon Boston. His only competition would be Anthony Edwards, and I would I would salute him over 
I would salute Wiseman over the clearly over. It would be a battle. I think Wiseman would be, would be third if we're talking about putting Edwards, Boston, Wiseman, and Ball. It would be Edwards, Boston, Wiseman, Ball. That's what it would be. If we're putting all of them in the same draft, Edwards, Boston, Wiseman, Ball. No question. Just like if you put Mobley in there and you're thinking like, hmm. But it could be it's that's, that's the same judgment. You got Edwards. Um, right now, if I'm looking at I mean, wow, if I'm looking at Mobley and what Wiseman did with his little time in Memphis, who am I thinking? It's the same thing. I, I think right now, if you if you if I make a move to to judge who is better between Mobley and Wiseman, that is a that's probably the hardest pound for pound. Ball would be number four. Once again, but that would be the hardest one right there. Who do I who do I think is better between Mobley and Wiseman? Both defensive monsters, both rebound monsters, both posts, and both can you know they try their three pointer. But I'm gonna go with Mobley. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Mobley would be number two, and Wiseman would be number three. All right, now if we're putting Todd in there. Another guy that can challenge uh, Anthony Edwards. Yes, he can. Yes, he can for number one overall pick. He can. I don't know where it's like, whatever. But Ty would definitely be over Wiseman, then ball number four again. Then you go with Brown. And that's a that's a harder battle. Brown, I think, is better than Mobley and, and uh, Ty. They're just taller. I think Brown, that would be a hard battle right now. That would be a edge to edge battle right there. Wiseman and them will stay in the same place, but that it could, it could easily I say nine point nine to ten that Brown could be number one over Anthony Edwards. He's another guy that slept on that's just as good as anybody in the country. So we'll see where this go. You're looking at Brandon Boston and what he did, what he was able to do. When we talk about, you know, the past high school seasons, Greg Brown III, you know, his last, he had averaged 26 points a game. The, the year before that was 30 points a game. The year before that was 27 points a game. His freshman season was only 17. So he had a, his last three years, 27 and 12, all right, 27 and 12 with 2.5 blocks, 1.1 steals, all right. The next year, 30 and 13 and a half. 5.4 blocks, 1.5 steals. Since last year, 26 and 13, two assists, 1.1 steals, 3.5 blocks. Then you're looking at he's able to shoot last year. His highest percentage was 38%. His highest percentage of his high school career, 38% from the, from the three-point line. He can shoot 70% from the free throw line. You know, he... Because the fifty four percent from the field was high since four uh years in high school. My thing is what are you looking for out of a guy? He's six nine, he can do it. He's playing in Texas. Like don't don't say he's not playing though. He's playing in Texas. Texas is, is ball. The boys can ball. It's one of the best basketball states out. Looking at Evan Mobley and what he accomplished last year. 
looking at his high school career, his his freshman season, I could see why the hype was so crazy. 16 games, he had 22.9 points a game. I mean, 22.9 minutes and 7.6 minutes a game. And the hype was crazy. He could jump out the ceiling. He could block the shot seat. Could rebound. I remember the hype was crazy. But I could really see, you know, why I was... Even when he had 14, when he had 14 a game his second year. But his, his last year was when he really put on... I mean, people looking at his size and his athletic ability. And you look at it, he, he averaged 2.6 assists all four of his high school seasons. Averaged 2.2 blocks. But last year is when he finally caught his double-double. 18.6 points, 10.9 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 2.7 blocks. He's all around. His, his, his passing is uh, underrated. And you're looking at his field goal percentage. I mean, Jesus, do you know he, he had 89% from the field last year? Last year, you know, I've always had my um, judgment against him being over this and over that. But last year, I saw really a, a real big improvement. Averaged 65% from the field his four years in high school. Um, he had a year where he shot. He made 11 threes. I mean, 11 of 35 threes. 11 35. He had, a, he had a year where he was 8 for 20. That's 40%, 31%. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because he don't really implement that three, but he can shoot that three once he gets to the college level and the NBA level. That three-point is going to go up. And his free throw percentage was seventy five percent from his best his whole four years last year. So Evan Mobley is is definitely he's the one. If you're talking about somebody that's starting to improve, that's the one. I'm really looking forward to see him in college. And and that's my judgment on why I feel like those guys are particularly number one overall picks. You can have your 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 like the the, the guys I said Boston. And Brown is a guy that I don't think I might have to take him out of that. Boston Tide and Mobley might be the three. I'm like, and then you know you look at Mobley, and it's like without question, the only guy without question. I think Boston's the only guy, and Tide, but I don't think Tide is a guy you can question to be number one. I think Boston was probably the only guy you're going to look at in that in, in, in my evaluation of guys. Jalen Green, Kay Cunningham, Isaiah Todd, Greg Brown, Terrence Clark, Evan Mobley, Josh Christopher, Jonathan Kamunga. Brandon Boston is the only guy. I, I, I'm going to have to take it back. Brandon Boston is the only guy, I would say, you um, would say that it's not going to be in that, that top pick conversation or you have a judgment, but he's definitely a number two pick. But if you got Anthony Edwards, I just feel like you're looking at Anthony Edwards. And Brandon Boston averaged 19.7 points a game on an all-star studded team that any of them guys could have had 20 points a game. But Boston did. He was the standout. I think that's what got me putting him there because that was a great display. You know, he's played with Sharif Cooper. He's played on teams. You know, he's played with guys, but I feel like – all those guys on one team, anybody could have could have shined over anybody. Anybody could have had, uh, you know, the, the leading scorer. But it turned out to be Brandon Boston. Not only was he the leading scorer, he was a game changer. He really got in games, and he can shoot the rock. Like, he's just really underrated right now. And I, in my opinion, that's one guy 
Now, you can have an argument against him, but everybody else you can't. Josh Christopher, none of those guys. Get out of here. Get out of here. But we're talking about the 2020 draft. And Boston will be in that conversation for number one overall pick. He will be in that conversation. And he's not going to get the same points that Anthony Edwards got because Edwards played for Georgia. Boston's about to play with Jeremy Roach and DJ Seward and Henry Coleman. He's about to play with an all-star cast of people at Duke. So he, it's going to be the same. It might be even lesser than that. There ain't going to be no 19 points a game. He might average 13 a game. But everybody knows their talent. So, look, man, this has been a good one, man. This has been a good one. It was good to see and, and, and see those guys pick the brains of each other. Uh, NBA draft room, as we go, before we go out real quick, I want to just, you know, label down on the top 10 picks on both drafts, or NBA draft room. You can even go, you know, to NBA draft and see the top 10 prospects for 2020. Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Onyeki Nkongwu, Patrick Williams, Therese Halliburton, Obi Toppin, Namilla Ball, Killian Hayes, Isaac Koro, and Dini Adija in the 2020 top 10 prospects um, for the 2020 mock draft. And I'll go to that mock real quick, 2020 mock draft. Um, the Warriors, and it's looking like Anthony Edwards, some people say, I think it's James Wiseman. Um, the Cavs would get Anthony Edwards. That would happen. I think if the Warriors got Anthony Edwards, they would trade him. I, I really think they would trade him. It just it, it don't make sense. He's coming off the bench. He's not going to st- – how are you going to start? What is that? Anthony Edwards, Andrew Wiggins, and, and Draymond Green at the five? Like, that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. Okay, um, James Wiseman is the clear-cut guy that the Warriors should get. Uh, Onyeki and Kongu, that sounds good. He definitely should play the power four position. I think that's a that's a good pick for the T-Wolves. A LaMelo Ball will be with the Hawks. Huh? Nah. LaMelo Ball is not going to be with the Hawks. But that's the, the the my guy, Mike Draftroom. Me and him, NBA Draftroom, the best site on Mike Drafts, no question. But there goes the ball. We'll see how that goes. Now, Dini Abdija with the Pistons. He's a good player. I'm starting to see him. Uh, he's number five, number six, Killian Hayes, the Knicks. Knicks need the point guard. They've been in the point guard. It's like the never in the story. And Killian Hayes is good. Obi Toppin to the Bulls. That would be a, the Bulls are like quietly getting some talent there. Um, Patrick Williams is is a guy I don't think could get there to number eight, but he's a he's a he's a talent. He's always been a talent. He's kind of high school, but I ain't see enough of him playing nowhere. And I don't I don't put people. They're high up based off upside, and you're not touching the floor. Devin Vassell, another guy who's rated over uh, such prospects as RJ and Cole, was unbelievable. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, number 10 pick. He's a good player. I I wouldn't argue at that pick. He's a good player, but over Cole, no. Okay, so those are your top 10 guys. The Suns would get Tyrese Halliburton. The Wizards would get Devin Vassell. Um, Those are your players there. Now, um, to go to the 2021 draft, just to, we're just going to top 10. The top 10 prospects are by NBA draft room, by Mike draft room, Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green, Brandon Boston, Jonathan Kamunga, Evan Mobley, Jalen Johnson, Zaire Williams, Terrence Clark, Yuzmin Garuba, and Abo Bianco Baji. I've been hearing a lot about this guy. And he looks good too. Like he he has uh 
he has good, you know, athletic ability for his size. That, I mean, but, you know, we'll see where the top ten goes because there's a lot of guys about to come out that class and, and be good. Now, what I don't agree with, of course, is Green and Cunningham. But that's never any story with me. But Brandon Boston, I, I honor that over Kamunga because Brandon Boston just as good as Kamunga. Like, it's just not even, a like, a debate. Like, yeah, Brandon Boston can be there. And Evan Mobley at number five, I think that's the closest top five you're going to get in the 2021 top top five prospects. Now, we're talking about the 2021 draft, and that's if, you know, the predictions stand correct. K. Cunningham is predicted to be number one to the Cavs, which is unbelievably crazy. All right now, um, the Cavs got our, our guard crazy. Somebody's going to get traded. Uh, Jalen Green to the Hornets. They they would they would the franchise would go to the next level then. Brandon Boston to the Wizards. Uh, Kamunga to the Suns. Um, Jalen Johnson to the Knicks. That would be unbelievable. They they would love to have him with R.J. Barrett. Zaire Williams to the Grizzlies. Evan Mobley to the Thunder. That would be great for him. I think he would be the new guy there. Uh, Abu Danko Raji. At eight, uh, we'll see if he goes there. And um, Yuzma Garuba, another guy, the Hawks, and the number ten will be Greg Brown. Boom! We got Greg Brown at ten. He got Clark at eleven. Those are things getting drafted at eleven. Those are things that are going to change when the draft comes around. But those are your NBA draft room. You know, we go around mic draft room. Me, I'll be releasing my uh, mock draft and my top prospects a month before the draft. And um, I'm looking forward to this, man. This is good. I'm good to see everybody's insights. I, I respect everybody because everybody's, you know, not wrong. It's just, you know, everybody has different opinions and different. But, you know, sometimes I'm like, yo, some things are just written in stone a little bit. That has to happen. Like, some, you just like, how do you put some guys over some guys? I just don't get it. But the most underrated player that we've talked about today is Brandon Boston Jr. And the most questionable player we talked about today, I've heard today, is Patrick Williams. Um, Patrick Williams and Brandon Boston Jr. Uh, Patrick Williams, I got to see more. I, I, this guy better be good because everybody's hyping him up now. You know, we here, we're here at draft from Mike Draft from hyping him up. How the top five, like, that's how you know this draft is weak like that. Because there's no way a guy that hasn't played like he's supposed to impact it even gets to the top five. It's not even possible. But I'm out of here, man. This is your host, Leader Johnson of the Follow Leader Podcast. I need you to follow Leader on Instagram, follow Leader on Facebook, and follow the Leader on Twitter. I'm out, y'all. Not even a satellite, not even a satellite.